Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You have a big fish story for us, Matt? Oh, I've got a lot of big fish stories. <laughs> Most of them I didn't land. or They're always big when you lose them, though. Yeah. Um, my biggest calico actually came in a tournament, um, and we didn't win the tournament. But it was, I don't remember. I'd have to go back and look at the, the, the stats. It was 9-7, whatever it was. This and, guy's won more tournaments than I've entered, by the way, so just wow. go ahead. Yeah, it's um, really amazing. And uh, I don't know. There's, there's, you know, there was about eight or ten boats around us, and uh, I, you guys were yelling, "Hey, you know, net that halibut!" Blah blah blah, going on and on. <laughs> and I, and you know, this was really in the early days of the SWBA, and I was still using quantum flipping sticks that I had bought at Walmart because I didn't want to use all my good freshwater gear. <laughs> so I bought these really cheap little rods, and we we're using mono, and I, I don't even know that braid was even a thing yet. And so I was fishing 20-pound mono and a uh-huh. little swim bait. And, uh, and uh, it, was, it, was quite the, uh, it was quite the experience. When we ended up getting the fish in the net, there was, you know, we did, there was a lot of hugging, a lot of jumping around, a lot of oh, screaming. Oh, I bet. And, uh, but that was, again, probably one of the more memorable big fish just because it happened around a lot of boats, a lot of guys yeah. I know. A lot of people got to see it happen. Um, so it was a lot of fun. What about largemouth? Oh uh, yeah, largemouth. Um, um, there's quite a few different big fish stories from from whether it's from tournaments or whether it's from going to Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest fish I ever caught was on a frog at the Delta. Um, that was scaled. You know, fish was over 13. Oh my gosh, um, huge! Yeah, and it was summertime. I'd gone with a guy that lived up in Lodi. Did uh-huh. you watch it suck it down, or was it just one of the kind that disappeared? Uh huh. And. <laughs> You know, he had told me, he said, listen, when you hook these fish, don't reel them. You know, he said, they're going to come up, eat it, set the hook, and just hold them. Just keep them tight because they'll go in the yeah. grass. We'll go up there and we'll pull up the grass. So I caught a seven and a six that morning. And when this fish came up, it was no different. And he, I mean, there, really nothing that exciting, right? I'd set the hook and just held it there. Mm-hmm. Trolling motored in. He reaches over, pulls up the line. Big ball of grass comes up and he gets his hand down there and he turns around and looks at me and was like, this is a big fish. And he pulls it up and starts pulling the grass off of this thing. And it was just a gigantic bass. Wow. I mean, it was a gigantic bass. And I'm sure you know from fishing freshwater, I mean, we were, you know, in the early days of the trout bait lures, right? Uh-huh. So, you know, we caught a lot of good fish back then. A lot of them yeah. weighed. Um, and a lot of really big fish that we lost. Wow. So, that yeah. frog, the frog bite is like, oh, man. Oh. Yeah. Oh. yeah, I went up to Sacramento for my uh grandma's funeral and with my uncle jim yeah. <laughs> i'm i'm looking at google earth at places and i'm like i tried the sacramento river i'm like oh, there's nothing i found this little pond it's like a reservoir and there was no one fishing there ever it's just filled with lily pads i'm like what do i throw well, i guess a frog mm-hmm. i caught probably like 10 fish in a row so fun. Never caught them down here. It's 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 hard, you know. Yeah. Oh, but I got yeah, some places. It's... You want to go? We'll go. I'll take my boat. <laughs> yeah. I'll show you some pictures later. I love I love frog fishing, dude. It's you know what a... I learned about frog fishing? And I got yelled at about the first twenty times I did it. <laughs> Stop turning the handle. They're not goddamn calicos. <laughs> you know, because I would wind down on them. You know. Yeah. When those things. Yep. You know, my buddy Ryan Block. He's a hell of a fisherman. Really. And boy, when it's frog season. 
that kid has bruises on his ribs <laughs> that are green in the middle because yeah. man, he could stick a fish. Yeah, you know, and uh, yeah, we'll go if you want. Yeah, definitely. I'll take spots. That'd be fun, man. Yeah, yeah. My boat still uh, the boat that I have now does all that. As is Matt's, you know. It's, yeah, it's, it's probably my favorite way to to uh, largemouth fish. Yeah, it's, it's and fun. it's still going on right now. <laughs> there, there we go. One, Do two. You, uh, yep. What about the jointed swim baits? Do you guys ever throw those for calico? Sure. Uh, I'm about to upload a video tonight. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah. Me and uh, Matt Peters of uh, of uh, Southern Trout Eaters uh-huh. fame. Um, yeah, we uh, he showed me quite a few different deals. Wow. And, and again, I'll bring up Ryan Block. He fishes that 250, the slide swimmer in the yeah. summertime. Um, straight 80-pound braid straight to the Oof. lure. And 612, 612, 612, 612. The way that thing does this, you think it mesmerizes largemouth? <laughs> have you seen what it does to largemouth? Yes. Like, seriously, yeah. they'll come all the way up to your trolling motor <laughs> and just stare and at it. You should see what it does to Caligos. Oh, I'm, you'll see. I'm, gonna, I'm almost done editing it. Yeah. So tonight, guys, uh, you can follow. Oh, you know, for whatever. You can't even hear this. It's not going to be uploaded for whatever. Um, yeah. But anyway, LBCs on Instagram. You'll see a few videos. And, yeah. Uh, and uh, Southern Swimbait on Instagram. Um, I didn't believe in that lure mm-hmm. for, for Calico because how do you watch your friend catch five fish when you're on your first cast? Yeah. <laughs> till uh, till Matt showed me some things. Wow. And I'm going to tell you, last, I think it was about five or six weeks ago, I pulled up into an area at the island where the water was black. Me and Matt were talking about it today. It was ominous. Mm-hmm. The clouds were building. The water was black. It just looked like, man, whatever swimming in there is mean. <laughs> and I watched Matt's first cast with the slide swimmer. What does that lure weigh? Eight ounces? I think so. Wow. I watched the calico knock it 10 feet in the air. <sighs> and when it landed, two ate it. Wow. Yeah, you'll see it. To, you'll, yeah, I'm gonna upload that's it amazing. So, and um, is that something you've, you've never mm-hmm. tried before? Or is this something you kind of opened yourself up to? No, I to... tried it. I just think my gear was a little wrong. Uh-huh. My reel was a little small. Mm-hmm. Um Preferably, you want a 400 size. I, I got a 400 Lexa HD, mm-hmm. and I took a 300 Lexa double paddle handle, but I put the 300 handles on it mm-hmm. as opposed to the 400, and I slowed down the ratio a bit in the gearing. Excuse me. And I think that's what, because I watched what Matt was doing, and... um God, I wish I could. I'll show you later. Yeah. The first cast I've ever made with a 250 with the right gear. I think I got seven or eight bites. And they're just knocking that out of the wall. I mean, they, when you get that thing going, that wow, 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 uh-huh. what's waking, the, the calico just can't stand it. That's amazing. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think to your, 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 your question, it all works. It all it works. Yeah. It all works. I mean, there's whether it's a musky bait, whether it's a big trout bait for, for largemouth or. Mm-hmm. Even some of the stuff they're fishing offshore, right? I mean, it all works. They're the calicos are very aggressive and they're very gluttonous. Um, so I haven't found a bait that I can cast that is too big. <laughs> I have a couple of baits I can't cast. So yeah, I don't know if they're too big, but yeah, um, it all works. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, even yeah. locally today, I was throwing a two ounce plus walking bait. Yeah, just cause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Definitely. Like you said, they're gluttonous. They're, yeah. and when they really get going, uh-huh. I think gluttonous is an understatement. Yeah. They're 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 voracious. Well, they're, once you take the gluttony with the competition, uh-huh. it's over. It's yeah. over. Definitely. And throwing a spawn. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys have a certain tide you guys like to fish in, or it's just whenever I can fish, I fish. For the most part, yeah. Whenever yeah. you know, I mean, look, you know, time is pretty precious. But there are definitely specific um, tides that are, and it depends on where you're fishing, exactly what you're fishing Mm -hmm. for, right? So if you're if you're targeting fish on the beach, depending on where the kelp is at and 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 how the growth is, obviously you want more water in there, right? Um, I don't think it has anything to do with the current Mm -hmm. up shallow. Um, I just think it has to do with the amount of water that's in there. Really? Yeah, because you know you get more water; it fills that rag kelp's underwater. You can actually fish through it. 
Um, a lot of the other <clears throat> regular brown kelp is under the surface. So you can get the boat in there a little easier. Um, you can navigate the boat a little better and you got more water to fish. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean it's a hard and fast rule. Um, and then uh, typically on an outgoing tide or a low tide um, is when I found my best bites outside on the edge of the kelp. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as it's going out the last hour before the low into the low into the turn can be excellent. Can yeah. Be really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. I learned that. I think if you're a bay guy, uh, you know, and, and I know a lot of guys that listen to this particular podcast are going to be the guys that don't have the 25 foot, um, you know, super fast boats with mm-hmm. 300 engines. I think let's say hypothetically you're fishing Long Beach Harbor. I like a full, I like a full Harbor. Yeah. Give me water. Give me submerged everything. Give me every bit of submerged rock that I can cast at, and I'll be a happy man. But but <laughs> on the flip side of that, you go I to, like that. I like that. You go to Mission Bay, yeah, where you're fishing fish in the grass, right? And if you're fishing channel bass on the edges of the grass line mm-hmm. in 11 to 14 feet of water, yeah, the low tide is when they go. So it really depends on. Exactly what Chris said, where you're fishing. Yeah. I mean, it really does. If you're fishing the docks in Newport, if you're flipping the docks, Mm -hmm. and again, not hard and fast, but usually two hours before the high. On an incoming three and a half feet of water movement. Or if you're um, fishing in Newport at the mouth of the harbor, you want an hour before the high or the low. You want water movement coming in and or out. So it, it really depends on where you're fishing. So. You know, and looking at how much water's moving, you know, whether it's coming from a negative into a positive or whether it's coming from a positive to a positive. So, um, and that goes back to, I think what we talked about a little bit earlier is putting time on the water, yeah, catching yeah. a fish and saying, why was that fish there? Definitely. I used to keep a log. Yeah. I don't know about you. I'm sure we all did yeah. at some point. All like, I hate to say real or hardcore guys, but I grew up on the half day boat. You know what that captain had in the wheelhouse? A black logbook. Writing down everything that's going on, right? Everything. Yep. The tide, yeah. the time, the bait, the water temp, the clarity, mm-hmm. et cetera, the mm-hmm. lures used. That's what I did. And you know what? I don't know if it worked. I don't know if it didn't. But, you know. Yeah, at least. I'll you, put that, my money where my mouth is every day. Sent, yeah, like, yep. that, that's a good, good thing to, to do. Another thing to pay close attention to is the moon phase. Oh, absolutely. Oh, now, God. I just learned that. I went my, to Dana Point, didn't catch shit after full moon. Yeah. Oh, my God. It, it is. And a, that place uh, from Bass to Tuna. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it's, you know, I, I really learned it because I'm a deer hunter. I'm an archery hunter. Oh, really? Yeah. We, and so. Tell them, Matt, archery hunters are not allowed to keep sidearms. Not in the state really? of California. Yeah. No nope. way. Not in the state of California. My, uh, my um, uncle lives in Idaho, and they are tree hunt up there sure. a lot. Yeah. Sure. But they, uh, that, well, that's, that's sketchy, but, dude. He's gotten charged before by bears, and you know. I've been chased up a tree. But again, that's a whole <laughs> other podcast. Dark, miles from the truck. Yeah, it was a little spooky. But when you're hunting, you can actually see what you're hunting, right? You can't see the fish that you're fishing for. So yeah. we'll go out and... We couldn't figure out why we would hunt two weeks. You see a lot of sign, but you wouldn't see any deer or you'd only see does. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, bam, you know, five straight days, buck, 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 buck. And it was all moon phase. Wow. And so because you can actually see what you're hunting, right, mm-hmm. um, it really began to carry over into freshwater. I mean, in this, into, into the fishing arena. And I begin to see how much the moon phase plays into what these fish do. And... You know, whether it's big fish, whether it's small fish, how they're setting up, and it also affects the tides. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot to it. You know there what? really I, is a lot to it. I think you, we're leaving out the fact that we're animals, too. How does the moon affect you? <laughs> no, no, I'm not joking. No but hey, hey, no, you, you no know clue. what? Then maybe you should think about it. I should. 100%. We're, we're made about. of water, bud. <laughs> so our tide's going to rise, too. Yep. Yeah. And our tide's going to drop, too. So think about that. It's going to have the same effect yep. on an animal. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I, I agree with you hundred percent. I mean, I, when I went out, I'm like, man, nothing. Usually I, you know, you catch a decent amount of fish yeah. if they're little taking my cousin out, nothing. I'm like, shit. And then I like posted something. They're like, Oh, it's the moon. Everyone, oh, the moon, the moon. I, 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 I wouldn't, like Matt said, I wouldn't make that a hard fact. Yeah. Yeah. But it's another factor. Exactly. Exactly. In, into what you're doing. You you remember a guy named Mike Gash? 
Gassish. No, my gosh. He was, I think he's part of like the, the big largemouth hall of fame or whatever. Uh-huh. So when all that big trout bait stuff was going on, he was fishing Lake Paris. Mm-hmm. And he was catching a lot of giant fish. And so I got to know him really well. And I was hanging out in maybe November at his house. And actually, I think we were deer hunting. And um, he showed me his calendar. Mm-hmm. And I, we were talking about these these big largemouth that he catches. And he goes, I can literally lay out the 18 days from January till the beginning of April that I'm going to fish. Period. Wow. I go, How is that? And he goes, simply by the moon phase. He goes, these big fish. Now, you can catch a big fish any day, any given time. But he had it down when, you know, he was throwing that big bait so much when they would follow and when they would actually commit to eat. So and they get dummy, too, when they yeah. follow, eat, or get yeah. dummy. And he would, I mean, he circled it in and said, I guarantee you I'm going to catch five fish over ten this Wow. Night. This look at, I had no idea what I was looking at. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, did you did you fish? Do you fish a lot of the big swim baits and freshwater? We did, yeah. Especially did? Well, I mean, yeah. right in the beginning, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, back when it was a Worm King and a Ranowski. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's all you had. Yeah. The AC plug, obviously, yeah. uh, had come out, and so yeah, we did a lot of that in the early days, wow. and it was like nothing I'd ever seen. Yeah, I, bet, I mean, man. you can go to Casitas and get fifty fish to follow. Yeah, a day. I yeah. mean, it was, it was, it was something else. It's amazing. Yeah. Freshwater times is nice. Did you have any kind of your go-to in fresh water like that you uh, were known for, or maybe even the club, like they knew, hey, this is your technique for freshwater largemouth? Again, you know what? It comes back to the lake, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and time of year, right? Because you're cranking an El Cap in the summer, and you're you're probably you're probably spooning in San V in the winter, mm-hmm. right? Castaic, and, you know, you're probably, you know, up at Sutherland, and as the grass is starting to grow, you're split shot. And so, I mean, it's, it's different in every lake. Yeah. There wasn't a, a necessarily, I've always kind of been a... Um, I don't know, you call it a junk fisherman or whatever. I've always kind of had a lot of rods, a lot of baits. Um, and I don't think there was anything specific. I know guys that are just jig fishermen, right? They just, yeah. if there's a jig bite, you're done. Um, but no, I think, I, I think I've always done a little bit of everything. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Do you have a home lake that you love? Lake Paris, yeah. yeah. I, I fished Lake Paris 118 days in one year. Tell him why. Wow. He used to fish Lake Paris when it was all spots. Oh, oh yeah, yeah it was hundred percent spotted bass. Oh, no largemouth. It was all spotted bass. Wow. And my buddy's grandpa had this little boat and he wanted to catch the world record and a couple of different times Lake Paris held the world record spot. Wow. Um and then it would get broken by another different lake. And so we'd go out there and uh we'd fish spots and we'd go to the canals and the in the ditches and catch a bunch of crawdads and mm-hmm. go out to Paris and set the double anchors and <laughs> you know, we'd, we'd we'd catch spots. But yeah, that's always been I uh, probably because of that, I think I caught my first plastic worm fish in my life there. Um under double anchor. Yeah. Uh fishing crawdads. So um yeah, and then just from the tournaments and everything else, that's probably the the, the lake that's probably uh, closest to my heart, you know. Yeah, that's a uh, it's a fun lake. I fished there, yeah, a couple of times. I like Silverwood a lot. I yeah. don't know. That's a oh, fun boy. lake, too. <laughs> it's like fishing PV. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's another fun one. Yeah. But um, you're, if you don't mind me asking, you used to be in a, a group, a uh, rap group. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to stick to fishing, but... Um, but it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, to I me, music, I mean... I was in a music group for many, many years, yeah. um, and, and that, that, that sidetracked my fishing quite a while. Yeah. Um, we were successful, and... Uh, I mean, that's it, because I, I mean, I came from the music side, yeah, you know, yeah. um, metal you know. bands and stuff, so it's kind of interesting for me is the reason we kind of do the podcast is because sure. I, I know a little bit about sound engineering, so it's like, hey. And, you know, that's my, that might be the reason I sound a bit more, uh, I don't know, relaxed on a microphone, yeah. I can be on camera, and I can say things, you know, because I've ha- I have a background in that, but, um, yeah, um, yeah, you know, it was just a... a, a, a a childhood dream, you know, that we chased. That's and, uh, cool, man. Uh, fortunately, it panned out for us. Excuse my nasalish uh, tone, guys. <laughs> By the way, I'm suffering from the gnarliest bout of vertigo for the last month. It sucks. Um, but yeah, we. Uh, this is pre-internet, reel to reel. Yeah, real studios, <laughs> record releases of the there Troubadour, ass cap showcases at the Viper Room. Um, we've been on tour with the likes of Bone Thugs, the Alcoholics, uh, the Outlaws, awesome. you know, um, getting real checks in the mail, getting real advances. Are you still getting any, uh, 
I get small royalty really? checks Do every. Yeah, they're, they're so small. Yeah, I'll awesome, never, I was right? talking to your buddy outside. I'll never forget the first phone call I got from my friend. He was a man. You kids, the problem. You know, I'm going to say words right now that half the people listening to this probably have never even heard in their lives. <laughs> I remember the first phone call I got on a hard line with a phone with a cord <laughs> from a friend that said, "I was at Sam Goody today and I saw your album." Mm. That mean that, you that, made it. That mean, that mean you made it. We Sam. were uh, uh, in Rolling Stone uh, top twenty groups to watch wow, out for. Um, yeah, we, uh, you know, we made some shrewd business moves and we made some really, really bad business moves. But we were young. Yeah, we were content. We were chasing our dream. We were happy. We had. A, we were professional musicians. That's awesome. No work. All we did was make music. Music, yeah. And it was pretty cool. I remember my first uh, real advance. I have some photos somewhere where I'm laying on a bed with like a couple hundred thousand dollars or something. (laughs) And, you know, buying jewelry and and the Puff Daddy. Yeah. You know, this is right around that time, you know, like uh, mid-90s kind of. And, um, yeah, man, buying a Mercedes and and Rolex. Did you guys write all the music yourself? Oh, of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, uh, in fact, we even built our own studio mid Wilshire right across from the tar pits. We took the whole 17th floor of an office building and, uh, gutted the whole thing. And, uh, yeah, we, 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 we did it, man. It was, uh, did the do. We did the do, man. It was cool. It was really cool. And, uh, you know, those are times you never forget, man. You know, it's just one of them deals that, 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 it shaped me to the man I am today, you know. Um, uh, if you don't know anything about the music industry, you know that if you're really in it, not trying to get in it, mm-hmm. it's shadier than shady. So our shady dealings ended up shady and ended yeah. me back at the restaurant. <laughs> so, you know, so uh, you know, uh, the, you know, those things happen, and then that's that that back then, pre-internet, you know, um, that's how that kind of stuff worked. You know, yeah. um, there were there were a lot of uh, you know back alley handshake deals and stuff like yeah, that. So, yeah, so uh, you know, but yeah, it was a it was a you know magnum bottles of Cristal and women, <laughs> and, and, and yeah, it was it was everything that is portrayed. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, it was quite the it was quite the experience, I must say. You know, we re- we we rode that train for a while. Um, one of my bandmates still is makes music. That's well, amazing. Um, I kind of lost my drive after a while uh, with some personal bouts of of, yeah. of, of other things, and um, having a child, you know, and stuff like that, kind of got me away from it. But um, I still have that fire. I still have that flame. I still listen to the music. Uh, Today we played my iTunes and it was everything from Skinner to Biggie and Dolly in between. And and no, you and guys Dolly, listen to music yes. when you're fishing. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was uh, Dolly Parton, but not Dolly Parton. It was me first in the Gimme Gimme's covering Jolene. Oh, yeah. So I mean, you want to talk music, dude? We can go for days. Oh no, I'm just, okay, I'm just you know what that. I want? I want people to not. I want um, a more personal. Um, Absolutely, yeah. So yeah, I yeah. want people to like look at your Instagram, but know, hey. I'm a regular guy too, that, because that's, that's what pretty I try much to what we're Completely. trying to come from. Is I got three boys. I like to fish. Justin usually here has two kids. You know, Jeff has a kid. You have girls you're proud of. I'm, I, we talked earlier. Exactly. I'm, do your kids like fishing? They do. That's good. They do. They love yeah. getting out and everything from trout fishing to going out and catching sand bass. That's know? awesome. So, uh, I've taken fishes since they were little. Awesome. So yeah, they they're definitely love it. They definitely yeah, yeah, I'm more it. than I'm more than a normal person. I mean, I'm abnormal as fuck. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, you want to go on my Instagram and see how abnormal as I am? Yeah, hey. You know what's yeah. you know what's funny or, or or what's really cool about fishing is is that so Chris just tells you about his music industry and his life, right? And I lived the most absolute boring <laughs> white America. <laughs> went to school. Yeah. Never got in trouble. I think I've had one ticket in my life, and I was nervous when I got the ticket, right? Showed up at court right away and paid it. Um, and went out, got a job, mm-hmm. you know, worked, bought a house. I mean, completely different from Chris's lifestyle. And, you know, we touched on a little bit today, and, and you know, our paths would have never crossed, mm-hmm. ever, yeah. ever. In fact, if they did, I would have probably looked at him and said, oh, man, what's that guy doing? And he probably would have looked at me and said, 
you know, where's the country club? And, <laughs> I mean, that's about as black and white as yeah. you can put it. And, yeah, hundred percent. But fishing, right? I mean, a, a common interest. And in, mm-hmm. in, in what I found is, is that he's an absolutely great guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a great guy. I mean, we have so much fun in the boat. We listen to music. We talk about our families. We talk about kids. Talk about when we. I mean, just everything. Yeah, everything that you do when you spend ten hours in the water, right? And I think catching fish is a bonus. And because of fishing, you know, to be able to 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 to, to go out and make friends like this, mm-hmm. that like I said, we would have never, ever, ever probably even talked to each other. Um, it's a pretty special sport. It really and is. it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a it's a bridge gapper. Yep. Um, if if again we're on radio, and I apologize, I am completely tattooed. Matt does not have a tattoo on him. <laughs> Matt is a very, very intelligent, well-read man. And I like to think of myself as the same. But if you were to see me and Matt walking down the street <laughs> and you had to put the house on who's the intelligent one, 10 out of 10 is going to be Matt. <laughs> not not to say that I'm intelligent, yeah, but, yeah. you know. Um, but how are we to know without shaking a hand, without mm-hmm. sharing? I love fishing with people, okay, new people. It's great. Yeah. But, dude, honestly... I can't spend 10 hours on a boat with somebody that's not on my intellectual level. Yeah. You know, and I'm not no genius. I'm, I'm technically a genius, but I, 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 <laughs> I want somebody that I don't care what your views are. Yeah. Yeah. But do you have a view? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't care what your family's like, but we can talk about your family. Yeah. You know, we can open up a, 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 to each other about, a man's world, as a you know, just like women go to the salon and talk about their womenly. Things. <laughs> That's what that's our is salon, for... <laughs> man. You know what I mean? It is. It, it is. is. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, you know, with just it, as a sport, you know, I, I've I've got friends that were you know Navy SEALs. I mm-hmm. got friends that are cops. I got friends that make movies. Um, I've got guys that run a restaurant and are covered in tattoos. You know, like Chris. <laughs> I mean, it's it's unbelievable. You know. Um, you know, the, the, as Chris said, it's a bridge. It's, it's, it's just been something special that I've been really blessed with my entire life. Um, and I would say everybody outside of high school that I hang out with to this day or outside of dads that I've met on the soccer field because my kids play soccer. Mm-hmm. Fish. Yeah. yeah. They do. Everybody that's a true, genuine, lifelong friend um, I've met through fishing. And I'll tell you what, those true genuine lifelong friends that are men that you meet through fishing they'll always be there they'll always be there <laughs> and i'm gonna know this guy right here and this guy right here the rest of my life yeah barring something yep. catastrophic mm-hmm. you know and therein is where true friendships are built it's a brotherhood yeah you know i like to call these men family mm-hmm. i know i can call matt tomorrow and say hey dude shit hit the fan all right dude come over let's fix this yeah, and vice you know, versa. My daughter was hit by a car earlier this year, and she's okay. She, she had to have surgery, and it was. And so I, I had to take off on a trip. So she, she had just gotten out of the hospital, and my wife was pretty stressed. And you know, everybody calls and says, "Hey," or sends you a text and says, "Hey, is there anything I can do? Mm-hmm. Is there anything I can do? Is there anything you know?" And whatever, you just don't take it up. And, and, and so Chris had called me, and we were talking about it, and he said, "Listen, I want to take care of dinner for your family while you're gone." Mm-hmm. And so instead of it just being, hey, if there's anything I can do, you know, and hang up the phone and everybody goes their own ways. And while I was gone, um, you know, my wife called up the restaurant and he had, I don't know, eighty, hundred dollars worth of food delivered to my wow, house. That's amazing. Um and uh, yeah, it was it was it was it was a it was a it was a pretty amazing deal. It was a pretty amazing deal. And again, going back to what I said before, if we're walking down the street mm-hmm. without fishing I probably cross the street. Yeah. Put my hand on my wallet and uh, keep walking. And I've talked about this in previous episodes. When I had my son, we're about the same age. He's 14. Uh, when I would go to the schools, he went to private school. I didn't talk to any of the dads. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know any of these guys. Mm-hmm. I ended up talking to like the grandpas. Mm-hmm. Oh, you like fishing? A Bass Pro shirt they'd see? Sure. I'm talking to guys that are, you yep. know, 65, yep. 70 years old because sure. they like fishing. I don't have anything in common with the other parents. You know, it's like, but fishing, like I said, it makes a huge gap. Like my uncle, 
I've never talked to him really my whole life until I started fishing. Then mm-hmm. we have like, I talk to him like, oh, every week yeah. all the time. You know, it's like a great thing, you know, like it is, it is. And it's good to bring people together, you know, and a uh, positive message and uh, show everyone how cool people can be. Yeah. Fishermen you know? just aren't a bunch of guys fighting on the internet, right? Yep. Yeah. And I know. Unfortunately, I mean, hey, there's good stuff about it too. There not is. just, <laughs> there is. And it's, it's not shitting on everyone's pictures it, or, and, and again, the internet portion of it, yeah, that just kind of sours. It, it, it hurts my heart. Mm-hmm. It really does. And to see all that, these big fights and people complaining and saying your fish isn't that big. Why do you hold it? I mean, who cares? Yeah, yeah. you know what? There's Were a, you there? On. Were you? you know, come like, on. Yeah, there's a, on. there's a couple guys. I'm again. I'm where I grew up, not where I live now, but mm-hmm. where I grew up in Long Beach. It was it was a uh, unsavory to say the least. And uh, I grew up with mostly Hispanics. Blacks mm-hmm. playing basketball, sports, the whatnot, and in Long Beach, there's a racial divide. The socioeconomics in Long Beach are one that they put the Hispanics and Blacks directly next to the Vietnamese, Cambodian, mm-hmm. and now all these kids work for companies that I fish for. And man, you know how cool it is to say, "Hey, dude, Chris, watching you fish got me out of the streets, homeboy." That's cool, man. Yeah. And I'm talking real That's gangsters, real man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? And I excuse me for getting a little hood, because I am a little hood. Yeah. But real gangsters. Not some wannabes. Yeah. Literally thanking me for getting them out of the streets. Yeah. Wet in a line. Yeah. It's a it's a it, it's a powerful it's a powerful sport. It is. It's a brotherhood that we share and like I said, when I see the the silliness. Mm-hmm. The inviting, I think that's a. Yeah. Hopefully, most of that's over. I haven't seen any of that in the last year or two, but um, yeah, maybe it's still going on. I, I don't pay attention anymore, to be honest with you. Um, but so many good people in the sport, so many. Yeah, yeah, it's been uh, it's been great, and getting you guys on the podcast has been amazing. I really appreciate all you guys coming on. It's helped us a lot. I mean, we're getting a lot of followers. Yeah, and um, I've reached out to a few people too. Um, I'll talk to you I tomorrow. I've got that. a couple yeah. numbers for you, the people that would love to come. Great, great. Um, of course, they want to promote a little product, and that's what not why matter here. Hey, like no. I said, I'm I'm not here to do anything. If you come on, you want something you promote, go hey, ahead. You, you know, I mean, we're obligated to say, of course, the die was and the what. Yeah, right. Of course, the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy-on, easy-off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks. But that's not why we're here. No, no. We're but, here because this is fucking cool. And thank you. I appreciate it. It really is. <laughs> it's fucking cool, right? Yeah, Chris had told me about it. And then I went and listened to the EB one. Yeah. And I'm like, and I, like I said, I love podcasts, right? So I, I listen to all kinds of crazy <laughs> yeah, 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 sports and all that shit. And I'm like, yeah. wow. And, you know, most of the fishing and hunting ones, and we were talking about this earlier. You got some guy sitting over there that is smarter than the guest and is talking over the guest and is, yeah, I've done that and I caught a bigger, yeah, and it's so annoying you can't even listen to it. And when I listened to the one with EB, it was great. I mean, you just sat there and asked a few questions and let him talk. because So candid. Yeah, and ultimately that's what the listener wants yeah. to hear, right? And it was great. And I, I've known EB forever and I knew all the stories already, mm-hmm. except I don't think it was a Bay Bass tournament. Was the first? I disagree with that. And then I was yelling at my at my in my truck when I was listening to it, and he's saying, "65 pound braid in eight hours." But remember what we know? What I forgot about? Remember the Hops Hut dinners? Yeah, totally forgot about those. How cool was that? One morning, me and Benny Florentino walked in there, and there was nobody in the whole place. 
and we thought everybody was tied up in the back and getting robbed, so we called the cops. Yeah, the whole restaurant. <laughs> a whole different story. <laughs> yeah, the whole restaurant. Nobody. We walked around in there for five minutes. It was too far. Uh, no, but I, that was something I had yeah. complete. I mean, over the years of so many tournaments and ways. Yeah, and yeah. You remember the overnight one where they had the ham steak and James was cooking the, 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 yes. the eggs? How good was that? Yes. With the bone and ham steak. That's still a joke between Brian and I, ham steak. <laughs> yeah. I think Craig was actually on that too, right? Well, Craig was cutting Craig, the ham yeah. steak and yeah. uh, uh, James was flipping the uh, eggs a- how you ordered them. Yeah, that was, that was the uh, face down bass up. Yeah, they they won that one. On they that they one. they did. They those fuckers drove all the way to MDR. Yeah, here's <laughs> here's my question. My one question yes, for you guys: If you had to choose a format as far as where what kind of a tournament, whether it be bay bass or calico sand bass, any of that stuff, as far as where you would want to fish within a boundary, what would be your favorite spot to fish, Chris? Oh, hands down, no question. The way they used to have it. Speaking of, that's so funny that you mentioned that because in that tournament, Brian and I had a seven-pound sand bass, a six-pound calico, and an almost four-pound spotty, and they'd give you five extra yep. points for spotties. Yep. So you give me CDM to rats or haggerties, mm-hmm. and that's going to separate the pits from the poodles. Listen, all three species, give a couple extra points for the spotties or whatever, however you want to do it, <clears throat> and let's line them up. I think that fishery yeah. right in there, everybody can do it. We talked about it today. The fourteen yeah. foot aluminum at the wall the place. Yep. You know, and that's 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 the thing is 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 the boundary events, mm-hmm. right? I mean, so I think I think as soon as they went to non boundary events, it it changed the dynamic a little bit, right? It became more of a um, who's got the fastest boat, exactly. Yeah. Who's got the biggest boat? Who's got the fastest? Who's yeah. the farthest? And, then, and 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 it changed it, but. I think to pick an event, I mean, it'd be like picking between my kids, to be honest with you. Yeah, what kind of diamond do you like? Every <laughs> single one of them. I've got certain uh, things that I love, um, certain places where I've won quite a few times, certain places where I haven't won that I'd like to win again. Yeah. Um, a certain dynamic between calicos and sand bass, right? Um, spotty. I, I, I don't think I can actually choose. I, I really yeah. don't. I mean, if there was one event that I had to fish... It, I mean, that's it, Matt. There's one event. What are you going to do? I would probably say the Long Beach Night Tournament. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> because, and again, it's not an event I've ever won. Um, we came close this last year. We took second. But um, it's one, one, I would like to win. But two, it's just unbelievable. It's I, And I'm horrible at night fishing. I, I, I just am. <laughs> I, I've come to the realization yeah. that, that it's, it's not meant to be. But uh-huh. it's the, the, the quality of the fish that come in. And a lot of times you see anglers that, um, just show up out of nowhere mm-hmm. and they come in and they weigh a seven pounder or an eight mm-hmm. pounder. I mean, it's, it's incredible because it can happen anywhere. So I think it's, um, I think it's a fun event. I think, uh, one, a lot of boats show up, mm-hmm. um, and it becomes an event where a lot of people can win. It really does. Yeah. Like you it, said earlier, the break wall plays, yeah, the 14 yeah. foot aluminum boat plays. Yeah, yep. exactly. So, from a tiny boat to a really big boat, if you mm-hmm. want to run down to the Newport ARs or do whatever you want to do, and you can do that. If you mm-hmm. want to, you know, head up to MDR, you can do that. But hey, you could you could burn you know hundred dollars worth of gas, and some guys in a little boat are going to beat you on the break wall. So <laughs> I would probably say that. Just and what's yeah. funny is all of us are in agreement on those terms. Of course, mm-hmm. I'm the same way. Just yeah. because I grew up on that. I just think that's boat. what you have to have it. That's what soured what we that that that. And listen, this is whole no, different podcast. This is no what slight. It? Whole <laughs> yeah, this is no slight to those that run them yeah. because they put their literal blood, sweat, and tears into this. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But I think what soured the whole thing was these delusions of grandeur, these 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 grandiose yeah. ideas that go to Mexico, go to Clemente, you know? If you run a business, you got to have ideas like that. You of course. have yeah. to think yeah, no question. big. You just do and it wasn't a mistake that anybody made. It, it, it that wasn't, was, yeah, but, not a mistake, but I just don't think there was enough people that said. And you know, you, look, you got a lot of people coming out, and Eb mentioned this. Mm-hmm. They would literally circle their calendar oh, as I, that day oh, they're yeah, going. I fish. was one of them. They wouldn't fish that the rest of the year. <laughs> Five <laughs> days. Hey, honey, no yep. soccer, no grocery store, yeah, no yeah. the hedges, no lawn mowing, no cleaning the pool. Uh-huh. I'm fishing this day. Yeah, you just point to the calendar on the fridge. And yeah. circled. when those guys come out time after time after time, 
and guys are running 80, 90 miles. Uh-huh. Now, look, it's it's a couple hundred bucks, big deal. But you can only do that so many times. And they're uh-huh. like, yeah, you know what? I'm fishing the kelp out here. I caught 14 pounds, and I, it didn't even count. And I think that's what changed the beginning dynamic of what the SWBA had. It was a bunch of people pretty much throwing money into a coffee can mm-hmm. and saying, hey, bring back your best five. Yeah. Um, but, again, that's a whole different discussion. But Sure. And it you is. can almost pinpoint a lot of times with these guys, depending on the body of water, <laughs> depending on how the situation, you knew, like, okay, if I had to pick five teams, eh, I'm going to say it's going to be, you know, these guys yeah, for that, yeah. or these guys for that. And it almost made it kind of like sports where it was like a home team advantage almost. Yeah. You, you know, know, we had this year, we had a, a boundary Palace Verdes event, just Ooh. like we did in the olden days. Mm-hmm. So we started at the Bowie on Furman. So. Even if you're in a little boat mm-hmm. and you launch out of uh, out of Long Beach, yeah. you didn't have to run that eight miles before you could start fishing. Yeah. Everybody started at the buoy. So you could literally be fishing in five minutes. Mm-hmm. You cast right there if you wanted to. And there was, I don't know, 25, 30, 35 boat, whatever it was, in one small area. And a three and a half pounder counted. It, oh, mattered. Yeah. it, it mattered. mattered. It mattered. more than mattered. I mean, <laughs> I think me and Rex weighed 15 pounds or something. Wow. And we took like third place. Yeah. I mean... With an un- non-boundary event, 15 pounds, you get your head hung down, and you weigh your fish, and you go home. I mean, Hey, Matt, you don't remember the Dana Point Calico-only events? Oh, it was the best. 12 and a half pounds would win it. <laughs> it was the best. And we did. We we, we won wow. that tournament with 17 pounds, and we won by five pounds. Right. Wow. I mean, but again, fishing. I remember when the Sahagans, and that was probably one of the greatest moments. The MDR in the, one? No, in, in Dana Point. Oh, in Point. Dana, that's right. And this father and son, they, they participate, they volunteer, they do everything, mm-hmm. right? And so they would go out and fish the events, but they wouldn't go very far. They'd go a mile or two. And this was a boundaried Dana Point event. Mm-hmm. And they stay close. They fish the breakwater there, I think. Right, right I could be front. wrong, but, you know, no, they fish right. the... No, you are. I've, I've heard the story, And too. they yeah. finished, what, second or third or... And you know what? They got to take a trophy home that day. And I think they maybe... I don't know what their weight was, but it but was this... a couple this, grand, too. And it wasn't this huge weight, yeah. but it mattered, Right. And they got to go home and share it with their wife and their yeah. kids and say, yeah. look at this. I was good today. <laughs> I didn't get beat by some guy that burned 100 gallons and ran to Point Loma. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right? Yeah. And, and yep. so I think, I think it, 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 it's, it's... At some point, it took... A, at some point... Oh, fuck. How do I say this without sounding like some... Like I'm ripping these guys because no, I'm not... No, 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 no. These guys... No, no, no. no, no these never. are my... Hey, I talked to both tournament directors... Monday and Tuesday, just to BS. Yeah. It's somehow, at some point, the soul started stripping away. And you know what? Well, those guys that circled the calendar, they were the soul. And let me tell you something they were the real soul quick. Of it. I don't know how much time we got left, but I'm going to tell you a little story. Uh, Brian and I always fished a 13-foot whaler. Mm-hmm. A couple, two, three, four years ago, we fandangled away to get a Crestliner kind of like Matt's, and mm-hmm. we got a Mercury Pro Staff deal and all this cool new motor and all this shit, right? We did well that year, really well. We were chasing AOI. We were one point away. Last event was at Santa Cruz Island. But the way things played out prior to that, we needed some enormous bag to win, like something in the 28-pound range. Mm-hmm. We had a great bag. Uh, Santa Cruz, excuse me, Santa Cruz is the land. It's the four-pound factory, we call it. Hardest fighting bass you'll ever find. A lot of five-pound points on Santa Cruz. Yeah, right. Are you driving your boat out there? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really short, it's it's one of the shortest. Islands to get Yeah, to. I think it's like 19 at a shortest 14, point. Maybe? Yeah, 40, yeah 14 it's, it's right there. Like but weather was born there. Weather is invented in an adventure, okay? But it was a nice day, so we go out there. And, you know, Brian and I fish our hearts out, man. And um, we had about, I think we weighed like 22 or 3. But we knew it wasn't going to cut it. So we went all the way to the tip between Rosa and Cruz with like two hours left to weigh in, shut the boat off, and had lunch for an hour and didn't say a goddamn word. And that was it, man. It's cool. And that there, I think, after that, it's when the soul started getting shipped out of the game. And I don't know if we knew it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was subconscious. I don't know if that was our moment of serenity. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was our victory. But I didn't give a shit. Because I was there with my best bud in my yeah. new boat in our best year with not one practice fishing day getting a second place trophy. Yeah. And I was cool with it. Yeah. 
you know, and that's what's special about fishing, be it tournament, recreational or otherwise, you know, and, and that is a moment in time that him and I will never forget. I don't know what I had for lunch yesterday, dude. I forgot already, <laughs> but I remember every second of that day. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and again, going back to the tournaments, I, I know a lot of people don't fish. A lot of people that listen to this don't, and they probably maybe have no desire to fish tournaments, and mm-hmm. that's fine. But like Chris was saying, some of the best memories, right? I mean, fishing is awesome. Going yeah. out with your family, doing this and that. But again, some of the best memories that I ever had and, 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 and best moments and, and things that I'm going to remember forever are some of those days on the water fishing tournaments. It's oh. not necessarily winning. It's yeah. just being out there. It's yeah. it's. It's, you know, when Steve Granius couldn't start his boat on the dock and, yeah. you know, it was, it was, he, he had a problem with his kill switch and we fixed his boat. And, and I mean, just all of those memories that yeah. you'll never forget. And, um, and, and again, new fishermen or people who got a small boat or something like that, mm-hmm. I would encourage them. Yeah. I really would. I mean, there's a lot of learning. There's a lot of great people. Um, and, uh, a lot of people that want to teach you and it's a great way just to pick up the sport. Um, and, and meet a lot of friends. It really is. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys coming on the podcast or anything you want to promote before we're done. Uh, I mean, you can find me on Instagram at LBCs, L B C E E Z is zebra. Is there any (laughs) underscores in there? No underscores, no numbers. Uh, Matt's is kill switch seven one four. I believe. Thank you. I wasn't going to (laughs) say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm not as prolific. I've never been an internet <laughs> guy. Um, I have a private Instagram too. If you find my LBCs, maybe I'll let you look at my other one. <laughs> it, it gets a whole lot weirder over there. <laughs> I think I'm a little more uh, secretive with my fishing, right? Yeah. So well, not a problem. I, I just, whatever. Yeah. Um, um, you know, come, uh, one more thing. Uh, we're working on our new little C's candy. We're kind of reinventing my lure. Mm-hmm. So uh, stay tuned. I'm going to, as opposed to being some secretive, uh, oh, this is a secret lure. Yeah, I'm going to interrupt you. That's one thing I, I didn't get to talk about. I'm not a sponsorship guy either, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm just, you know, Daiwa helps helps me out, and they're a great company. They make yeah. a phenomenal product. But beyond that, I just like to go fish, right? And But that sees candy <clears throat> swim bait. You saw it on my rod today. Yeah. Yep. I caught every fish on it today with a warhead. Um and it is probably the single greatest swim bait that there is. Six and a half inch pearl, mm-hmm. seas candy, pick a color, I don't care. I'm not a color guy, I don't really care. That bait, I've caught more fish. The seven inch one is, again, we were talking about yeah. the, uh, the offshore challenge when I caught that seven, half, eight pounder in the morning on that bait. Mm-hmm. But I've caught hundreds of big cal. It's just an unbelievable search bait. And from there, once you find the fish, dial them in. But that bait is incredible. Sand bass, calicos, and spotties. Well, I appreciate that. And it's not. It's my idea. It's Bill Stembridge's shape. Mm-hmm. He's an old school board shaper. Uh-huh. And it's Mike Stembridge's poor, who's a science teacher. <laughs> so you put a fisherman, a board shaper, and a science teacher together in a garage. There you go. You just might make something special. <laughs> they call that the triangle of success. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or the Bermuda Triangle of Death. But yeah, I'm pretty soon we're going to be and coming it, out with that bait. And ain't, ain't no secrets. Ain't no hidden yeah, nothing. Yeah. I'm going to be showcasing it on my Instagram as we go. Great. Okay. And it should be ready. It will, no, it will be ready mm-hmm. for Fred Hall next year. Great. Um, we're not reinventing the wheel by any means. Uh-huh. We're just giving the consumer a little bit something more, and um, it's going to be simplistic. Like we've always made our baits. You can ask Matt. We no, there's no bells and whistles, man. There's no eyes glued to it. There's no gill slits in it. It is a fishing lure for fishermen. Yep. Period. You know. And, so and um, just so you know, I've paid for every pearl swim bait I've ever used, and I've That's offered to give them a whole box anymore. And you know what? <laughs> I buy them. So again, this is not something because I get free stuff. It is. Where can I, we get them at? Uh, at Performance Tackle exclusively. Awesome. Um, probably the best tackle shop. In Southern California, mm-hmm. Mark Agashi runs one hell of a shop. Yeah. He's got Joe Gata behind the counter, who's one hell of a fisherman. Um, these guys are knowledgeable beyond belief. And, and super if you nice, ask them, too, man. And they're super they're nice. Super yeah, nice. I agree with you. I've you been in there. You know, a lot help of tackle stores you, you walk into, it's intimidating. Yeah. Like, people are like, hey, who's this guy? <laughs> no, you got to use They get in your face, right? Yeah. Oh, you know, I'll walk into, and I won't say it, but 
They'll ask, you know, they don't, whatever, they don't know who I am, and that's fine. Hey, where are you fishing? Oh, you know, I'm going to the break wall tonight. And basically, I'm just looking for just yeah. a, a jig trailer or something. Oh, well, you got to do it. And they're in your face. Yeah. Performers yeah. tackle, that does not happen. True. We talked about that today. Super Mark used to ask me. Environment. Yeah. He used to ask me after tournament, so how'd you do? Oh, dude, we got third. Okay, but how'd you do? <laughs> well, we got third. But how'd you do? Okay, well, I'm sorry. We weighed 18 and a half pounds. Yeah, but how'd you do? What do you mean, dude? Well, how many fish did you catch? Yeah. I think like 20-ish. How many did you hook? 40. Then you sucked. <laughs> Those are the things you learn there. Yeah, yeah. Hook to catch yeah. ratio. Yeah. But, you know, the intangibles. Yeah. That's why it's a tournament yeah. fishing store, you know. But not just in a tournament setting, mm-hmm. but just to become a better fisherman as yeah, a whole. Yeah, These guys, they know their stuff. Over they there. do. They really and that's an understatement. And they know it. Beyond just the basics, right? Great. They know all the technical stuff, so it's a great place. Yeah, except great. for that knot he showed me. My gosh, the Higashi hitch. First two casts, you're just taking a little cloud. Yeah, but you go there and they carry all the products we promoted yeah. earlier. Be it the warhead, the yeah. pro swim bait, yeah. the Phoenix Everything. rod, the dial reel. You know, I, I I hate to be that guy, but it's a necessary evil in the, no in the problem. business world. Not a problem, you know. Mm-hmm. But you can go there and you get. Dialed in head to toe for the salty awesome. crew gear, all the way down to the warhead, dude. And hey, anybody out there listening, if you if if you see me on the water, come up, say hi. You know, I love to have conversations on yeah. the water. I do it yeah. almost every time I'm fishing. Awesome, man. bump into people. They ask, hey, what's going on? What are you doing? How's it? And I love to have the conversation. I really awesome. do. I turn anybody on to anything. Again, there's no secrets. I'm not trying to ever hide anything. Go out and go catch fish. That's it. Same Thanks, for me, yeah. too. My boat's the one with the big old war baits wrap on. <laughs> well, thank you guys for coming on. Thank you, you. you really helped us out. All of you, Jeff, too. Thanks for co-hosting no today. And uh, our next episode will be 10, and we'll see who it is. I don't know, guys. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks awesome. for having thank us. I really appreciate everyone. it. Fantastic. Right on.